Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Mental Conditioning. I like basketball. I've played a lot of basketball. I've coached basketball. I like to follow basketball, especially college basketball here in America. They were interviewing a player the other day, and I heard him say this. He was talking about physical conditioning and mental conditioning. And he was highlighting mental conditioning, basically saying that you can be in great shape in your body, but if you're not in great shape in your mind, that lack of being in great shape in your mind is going to really undo a lot of you, a lot of being in great shape in your body. I thought, wow, you can have great skills. You can understand leadership, you can, the science of it. You can understand parenting, marriage, your vocation, be highly skilled in it. But if we aren't in good shape in our mind, if we don't have good beliefs, strong beliefs, then we'll have a limited load-bearing capacity. We'll have limited endurance and will have limited resilience. We will find it difficult to bounce back from things. If you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, you know that one of my visions is that belief training will become more popular than physical fitness training. After all, nobody wants flabby beliefs. And I believe it's There's going to be a revelation that people will have that it's foolish to work out your bodies without working out your beliefs in a greater way because what we believe is more important than what we do, ultimately. So we have a belief workout regimen. We have that as part of our transformational mind renewal course that people are in right now. And I was thinking about that with this statement about mental conditioning. And just in in belief workouts, we have, as part of our course, we ask people to do at least three minutes of belief workouts in the morning, three minutes of belief workouts in the evening. And as I've been meditating on on that and, and just the different things that we can add to our workouts, I've come up with six areas that we can work out that I believe will incredibly cause us to be mentally in good condition so that our load-bearing capacity is strong, our resilience is strong, and our endurance is strong. Number one to work out is the general promises of God. For instance, we can take a promise like Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And we can start working that belief out. Thank you, Lord, just through thanksgiving and declaration. Thank you that you're meeting my emotional needs. Thank you that you're meeting my relational needs. Thank you that you're meeting my needs of protection. Thank you that you're meeting my financial needs. Thank you that you're meeting my need of ideas. And as we work that out, as we speak those declarations as we use our sanctified imagination to see 
those needs being met, as we meditate on the word, we're literally working out that belief, that promise. Or we could take another one. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. We can work that promise out saying, thank you, Lord, that this COVID season is going to work out for good in my life and those that I love. Thank you that this situation in my family that just happened, I'm not saying it's good, but thank you, Father, that it's going to work out for good. Thank you for even areas where I've made mistakes in my life. And as I think about them right now, thank you that that's going to turn out for good. And we work out the general promises of God in our lives. It's incredible. The second thing we work out is the specific promises of God. The prophetic words, the rhema words. It's that which we believe God has made real to us. It's interesting, the word rhema is in Ephesians 6, 17, where it says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, which is the rhema of God. Take it up. Take up a word you believe God has spoken to you and has made real to you and start fighting with it. Fight against unbelief. Fight against fear. Fight against passivity. Victim mindsets. It says in 1 Timothy 1.18, war a good warfare according to the prophecies given to you. So the second part of the belief workouts is we, we start saying, okay, thank you, Lord. Like I'll say, thank you, Father, that millions will be in heaven because of my life. Thank you for the word that everywhere I go, revival breaks out. Thank you that incredible doors are opening to me in government and in business that my influence is growing, that I'm at a tipping point in my life. Thank you that you've said you've got my family. You told me you've got this. I thank you that you've got family, every one of my family members. Thank you. So we, we work that belief out. And it's, again, this rhema word, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. A third area that we work out is our biblical identity. We are not who our past says we are. We are who God says we are. Let me say that again. We are not who our past says we are. We are who God says we are we are. And we can just look in the word. The second most important question in all of life is who we say we are after the first most important question of who we say Jesus is. So I'm, I'm, I'm a man with a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I'm seated in heavenly places. I am a new creation. I am dead to sin and I'm alive to God. That's who I am. I of a person who walks in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Miracles happen to me. Miracles happen through me. I, I am a person of wisdom. I walk in integrity. I walk in joy. And so we work out the, the identity beliefs. Certainly these can be part of the promises of God and rainbow words, but I believe it's important to have it as its own section. Number four is we work out our decision-making beliefs. Because as we look at our load-bearing capacity, 
we, we realize if we're double-minded in an area, if we're walking in doubt about what we're supposed to be doing, where we're living, what we're assigned to, or even little things in our life or doctrinal things, as we come to this point in our belief workout of working out the decision-making, we start. we can start with focusing in on where we're double-minded, where we're in doubt, or where we're doing something out of reluctance and compulsion and not out of faith. And then we begin to face those areas and we begin to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do about that? Again, it can be as big of an area as should I be doing what I'm doing right now in, in vocation, ministry, geographical location. Or it can be as small, which is not small. Maybe I made a what I perceive to be a bad financial choice now I'm in financial stress or pressure and it's facing that and saying, okay, what do you want me to do about that, Lord? And once I decide whether it's maybe he'll say, just pay it off in faith, continue this course. Trust me for the money when you pay for that thing every month or whatever, do it in faith. So it's powerful. We focus on our decisions. Then we attach faith to upcoming events, upcoming things we're doing. We speak over them. It's going to be a great meeting. Tomorrow's going to be a powerful day. Four, fifthly, excuse me, is our beliefs about others. We work out our beliefs about others. And every area of our life that doesn't glisten with hope means we're believing a lie, and that's a stronghold of the devil in our lives. And certainly that relates to our beliefs about other people in our lives. So we in our belief workout, we, we just take inventory of who we do not have glistening hope for. <laughs> for some, you say, well, that's everybody. No. <laughs> no. It's, and we take inventory. And we, we just go after the lies that are creating the lack of hope for people. Because we realize that our hope level determines our influence level. Just because we have hope for people doesn't mean they have equal access to us or equal opportunity under us. But it's powerful. And then number six, we work out our beliefs are beholding his glory. It's, it's our beliefs about the nature of God through beholding his glory. I've shared this. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we behold him, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed from glory to glory. And as I behold the nature of God, as I hallow his name, Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, as I worship his name, one of the ways of working out my beliefs and working out uh, the transformation in my life is by focusing in on different aspects of God, different names that God has called him. So I will behold him as the author and finisher of my faith. And as I behold him, I'm being transformed into being the author and finisher of other people's faith on uh, uh, partnering with God and God using me to do that. So I behold him as the Prince of Peace. I, I become as a mirror, I become transformed from glory to glory into the Prince of Peace. As I behold him as my shepherd, 
I, I, I experience his shepherding, but also I become a shepherd to other people. So these six areas, the general promises of God, the specific rhema word promises of God, our prophetic words, our biblical identity, our decisions that we're making or have made, our beliefs about other people, and our beliefs about God. As we work these things out, we will literally, uh, on one level, we're renewing our mind and our mental conditioning is going to be so strong and our cave-in point is going to increase. The cave-in point is that which we say, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and our resilience and endurance will increase. Hey, we're working on an app right now. It's going to be a belief workout app. We're excited when that comes out. And also, my book, Victorious Mindsets, is now available on Amazon, in Kindle, and in Bookform. It's a great book, added content from the original book. It's a keeper. Hey, thanks so much. Steve Backlin here. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. And I want to remind you that we are here to ignite your hope because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is, and that our hope level determines our influence level. And I want to remind you, too, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. And I realize this, that there's, there's not a convenient time to walk in radical joy. Probably for pretty much everybody listening, today's just not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> You're battling some level of imperfection in your life, relational things, hearing negative news on the media, etc. Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. No, we need joy right now. And I believe this, even in this moment, the Lord is releasing over you an impartation of radical joy. Stir it up. Stir it up. Thank you, Father. Hey, one more thing. My wife, Wendy, is doing a two-month course starting in January. It's on victorious emotions. It's going to be so, so good. Watch for info on that. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, ignitinghope.com, you can go do that. You'll hear about our online events, our free content, etc. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Steve Backlin here. God bless. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.